generate is supporting my vision to improve the financial literacy of 100,000 Kiwis by sponsoring Keep the Change. Cheers, Generate. Head to generatekiwisaver.co.nz forward slash change to find out more. Getting in the KiwiSaver fund that suits you and your situation is key to making sure you're maximising your investment. Generate are an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of long-term performance and they can help you do exactly this. Their advisors can meet with you to talk about all your options when it comes to KiwiSaver to help you decide what's best for you. Too many people never get KiwiSaver advice, but not you. Go to generatekiwisaver.co.nz forward slash change to book a no-obligation chat with a Generate advisor. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited. And of course, past performance does not guarantee future returns. Rihanna, where you at? That is the question. You know exactly where she is. She has been on the main stage, Mikey, banging out tunes in the middle of the Super Bowl. Now, I don't know if you saw, mate, but this actor or sorry, the performer for Super Bowl, generally doesn't actually get paid. And they spend their own money to do it and do it really, really well. Marketing, eh? Bingo. Yeah. And this is a really good example of what we're going to be talking about where we're going to go through the balance sheet recession and exactly what that means. But the reason that Rihanna would have wanted to do that is because she's reigniting her brand, which is an asset that would sit on a balance sheet, which we'll explain shortly. And on the backside of this, all you see for the next two weeks post the Super Bowl is Rihanna. Take over the internet, man. Bingo. Man. And there's some stories from previous people who have been the performer and data on what it's done for their tours for uh, sales, mm. for Instagram following, it just goes fucking nuts. Yeah. And I they build up their brand even more. It's a it's a genius. I don't know when the very first halftime show of the NFL was, but the halftime show is far bigger than the NFL. And that is clever. Mm. And that becomes something they can sell, right? Because like, I know a lot of people that want to watch the halftime show that have no interest in the game. Mate, it's... That is so clever. It is, because I've heard Taz in my household playing a Rihanna clip, mm. singing Rihanna, bang, back to front of mind. If I asked her, hey, who were the two teams in the Super Bowl? What, what, do, what the fuck do you mean? We haven't got any Super Bowls around here, mate. I think it was the Chiefs and the Eagles. Nice. Yeah. Like, fuck, you have had a day off. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Taylor went around to her mate's house to watch it, to yeah. watch it, yeah, like it's a big thing, you know. Yeah, I and think two hundred million people watch. Like, shout out Riri, eh? yeah, yeah. Riri, she is a gangster, and she's she's got a proper, proper badass personal brand walking unit. She's specimen. She's put her umbrella up to get ready for the recession. 
and her umbrella is the balance sheet, and she was building that <laughs> thing back up. So what we're going to talk about here is the balance sheet recession. Now, a number of you are probably like, what the fuck is a balance sheet? And that's good because you didn't go to university because you weren't that stupid to go and learn about this stuff. But I did. So I can read it out to you in technical terms and then I'll explain it to you. In a financial accounting, a balance sheet is a summary of the financial balances of an individual or organization, whether it be a sole proprietorship, a business partnership or a corporation, private limited company or the other organizations such as government or a not-for-profit entity. Now, each and every single one of us has a balance sheet. And very simply, it is our assets minus our liabilities. Yeah. So, What things do we own? What things do we owe? In terms of accounting stuff, no one apart from you likes it, mate. And I'll try and... Thanks, the mate. way that I look at it is like I have my business, which has like a profit and loss statement, which is the stuff that comes in and then the expenses that go out. And that's like your day-to-day life and week-to-week you'd have your your paycheck come in and then you'd have your rent or your mortgage and your electricity and and that's your profit and loss statement and the way that my simple brain looks at a balance sheet is like your storage facility so it's like it's the stuff that sits there um you know if you make an extra hundred thousand dollars and you don't have a plan for it at the moment it goes and sits in the storage unit which is the balance sheet but also all of your loans and shit do too right like if you've got um, invoices owing to be paid to you and shit like that. Is that right? Yep. So that kind of stuff sits in there. Um, but yeah, assets and liabilities. So like your personal balance sheet would be your million dollar house that you own and the $800,000 mortgage, right? <laughs> <laughs> Correct. <laughs> that would be the balance sheet. That's the way like my simple brain works. It's like storage storage over there and then moving parts over there. Yep. So yep. And you might have some, you might have a credit card. So that's going to be a liability. That's going to decrease your equity, so your mm-hmm. net worth uh, as well. Uh, or then you might have KiwiSaver. Well, that's an asset, so that's mm-hmm. sitting on your balance sheet. You might even have a life insurance payout that would turn into liquid cash if you were to die. You might decide to put that on your balance sheet. Uh, you might have some cash in the bank, or you might have some shares, or those sorts of things are what we like to call assets, mm. and then liabilities, uh, again, what we owe. So mortgages, right, we might have some some debt. We might have some tax we have to pay as well. Buy now, pay later. All of that shit's our liability. Yeah. So, like, what's funny about this is that uh, we don't know about profit and loss statements and balance sheets and things when we're just living life, buying a house, getting a job, getting paid, paying your bills. But really, in real life, you, you sort of find out about that stuff once you've got a business and then Luke's like, hey, reconcile your fucking zero, mate. <laughs> <laughs> now. Uh, yeah, and then you have to learn about those things enough to get by um, but really in real life terms it's actually identical you just don't have a zero tracking at all yeah you know so everyone actually has these things and I was actually listening to another podcast probably a week ago talking about the US economy because I'm semi-addicted to that shit um, and this guy used this term the balance sheet recession about how it might not be in a technical recession because uh, things keep moving and stuff at the moment, but he's saying right now we're in like a balance sheet recession, and that can be companies and consumer or like people. Um, and if you think about it, all it is is like a whole lot of people had money in their balance on their balance sheet. So you could just be an employee somewhere. You've saved up your two hundred grand deposit, and then in two in twenty twenty one you went and spent that two hundred grand that was on your balance sheet. Leveraged it up, got an 800 grand mortgage, bought the million dollar house, 
now that house is worth, say, 900 or maybe 800 same as the loan or according to that median price data, um, which means on paper you've lost $200,000, which he calls, like, obviously the flow-on effect of that is, like, you feel shit. Yeah, I might not go to that thing now, or I might not hire that person, or I might not exactly. borrow that cash. I might. I don't really need to buy that new spa out so the So the GDP data and stuff that's coming out says that we're not in a recession, but people personally can feel like it. Yeah. Companies did this. Did you, maybe you sent it to me, some big retirement village yep. company. They're asking their shareholders to raise a, about... A billion. A billion dollars. Ryman Healthcare. Ryman Healthcare, because the debt costs are scary and mm. they want to remove the burden. So what that means, ladies and gentlemen, is that they want to borrow money off me and other shareholders of Ryman to then pay down the debt and I own the stock. So they'll dilute their percentage of their business that they own or, or that you know can be owned yep. and they will then pay down debt with that money because they know that the level of debt that they've got, if the rates stay where they are or continue to rise, is not going to be good for their bottom line, their profit, because they're going to rinse a heap of cash paying for interest. And right. also, a lot of what they do is buy property and land. So as they are coming back and value property and land, mm. their balance sheet's getting squeezed and they're probably getting pressure from the bank saying, hey, you're carrying a little bit too much debt. Your debt percentage is going up mm. based on what assets you own because these assets are coming back in value. So they're going, fuck, we need to raise a billion bucks real quick to Just, swap out some of this debt for equity. Yeah, exactly. Pay off this debt and then get out of that tight position and then restore the balance sheet in terms of loan-to-value ratio effectively yeah. because if a whole lot of stuff gets in negative equity and, it, and I don't know, I haven't seen the financials of this company or whatever, but in general terms, if you've got a, a billion dollar loan and then the um, the assets that those loans are to become worth 900 million and they're in negative equity, you're fucking damn right the lenders can call in the lending. Yeah. And that can cause like a fire sale. And I mean, all terms and conditions and agreements around those things are different. But basically, like there'll be a reason why they're asking for funds from other places to try and get rid of this stuff, right? And it's to try and prevent a situation like that from happening. And, and the thing is, they might be doing it ahead of actually needing it, knowing Probably. that this could be happening. Like, this is, there's going to be more businesses doing this. ANZ, the same thing. Hey, we want to raise a, we want a bond. We've got bonds for sale for $500 million or something. They're yep. just going to collect that cash and then pay off some of their other ones. Yep, exactly. Buy and themselves more time. Um, and th- all of this sort of stuff happening sucks money out right yeah. and we can't go and do other things which yeah. contracts um, and on a small scale of like what we're talking about with the billion and stuff like that that's what happens to normal people too and small businesses they might have gone and got a whole new fleet of Ford Rangers and you know the Ford Ranger might have come down in value the total revenue of the company might do 80% of what last year was and then it's like oh shit this is getting a little bit hard to service Um but then if the value of the Ranger has come down to the level of lending or under, even fire selling those assets, you're actually, if you think about it, like if you have $50,000 worth of Ford Ranger when you buy it and you got a $50,000 loan because you raised 100% of it and then after a year you've paid off $10,000 but the truck is only worth thirty, 
and you sell it for 30, then you've actually still technically got $10,000 worth of loan out for an asset that you no longer have. I had this exact scenario this week gone, or like maybe last week, where a mm. client said, hey, I sold XYZ car, fuck, it wasn't that good, I ended up taking a bath on it, I still owe 10 grand on it. Oh. Yeah, but then they're like, oh, I sold the other one as well, and mm. by the time I paid the debt on that, I was left with this, and I was like, remember as well, you've got to pay the GST back on those bad boys. They're like, <laughs> oh, fuck. Oh, no. So they're probably going to end up being left with nothing, and then people get to the conclusion of like, well, what was the point in even selling them? I'm like, yeah, but remember, both your debt repayments are gone. Yeah, yeah, so that's the thing, the is you're flow. actually needed to do it for cash flow purposes, not for the other reason. Yeah. Um, if I d- oh, you go, mate. Oh, no, that's good. I was just going to say, if just on those shares, because people will be thinking, but why would you put, tip a billion dollars into a company that's saying that they just want to repay some of their debt? What they do to uh, incentivize that is they de- decrease the cost of the shares. So I think at the time of putting the announcement out, Ryman Health shares might have been, say, $6.40. And they say, Luke and all you other shareholders, we'll let you buy some more at $6. Yeah. So I'm yeah. like, oh, okay. Discount. <laughs> but what will probably happen is they'll probably get that cash and then... Uh, so they do it all via a book build and all this technical type stuff. You can read about it. If you search Ryman Healthcare, they're pretty X amount of articles because yep. it was quite a big deal. And what will, what I'm predicting we'll find is that they'll either raise or won't raise the cash, but the price of that share will just drop straight to $6 because that's really the true price of that share. <laughs> yeah, the true price is what they're selling the current ones for. Bingo. So <laughs> yeah. my 10 grand that I put in at $8, like that's fucking my balance sheet too because now I've lost 20% of my value. <laughs> Because my eight dollars shares are now in the top six of as well, didn't you? I mean, look, I was hoping you didn't spot that, but it's hard not to, isn't it? I did buy the top of Ryman. Yeah. Wow. Hey, I'm in it for the long game, yeah. aren't I? Yeah. So the the retirement sector is getting smashed because property values are coming back as well. Yeah, it's a. F- I mean, the retirement sector, the structure of it seems so r- correct, right? Like more and more people are getting older. And there's going to be more of these baby boomers that are all going to end up in retirement homes eventually. Um, but in the short to midterm, they're effectively a, a differently structured yielding, com- yielding commercial real estate product. Yeah. Um, in a nation we were obsessed with and <laughs> leaned against. The yeah. Problem. And, you know, I don't know about Ryman and I don't know about others, but I did remember in like 2020 and 2021 seeing some big property groups revaluing. And, yep. take, and getting that extra equity under lines of credit and stuff like that. Mm. And, you know, if that went and all got spent, you better hope it got spent on the right value assets because that was when rates were, you could borrow the money at, at, at a Cheap. percent or two. Yeah. And, and now it's going to be seven. And this is no different for us individuals because what exactly. we do is we go, well, what are my assets worth? You just don't think about it in these terms because you're not a geeky accountant and you're not running spreadsheets. You just go to the bank and you say, oh, well, I've been on homes.co.nz and they reckon that my home's worth 745 grand. How much is my equity? What else could I borrow against that? Oh, cool. Give me 100 grand. Oh, we did the deck. We did the spa. Oh, we did all the landscaping. And value of assets still came down after all that added value. <laughs> yeah. So you've used your balance sheet, your personal balance sheet, i.e. your assets, which have got some equity in them, to borrow. And this is where we get ourselves into trouble because we over leverage. And this can happen for us individually, for a small business, for a big business. And that's why, you know, Ryman are a really good example at the moment trying to do something about their balance sheet. The, the thing that I spoke about recently on a podcast and someone actually messaged me this week and congratulated me. They're like, well done. I'd never heard an accountant actually talk about that before. For a business, a small business, you often can't see the true uh, level of debt when you're trying to look in because you may not have access to the IRD to find out are they behind on GST, PAYE. Mm. And until the IRD 
ID start calling that debt in, mm. then they're not actually making any, they're like, oh, I feel like I'm getting away with this. Mm. But what's happening at the moment is the IRD are going, well, you know what? We, we were pretty lenient through that COVID period. And mm. we, we didn't even call you and say, hey, you're behind on your GST. We asked you to get in touch with us. We've got no record of you doing that. They're back to, sorry, guys, we've got to call this debt in. Mm. And businesses are starting to get phone calls around the country saying, hey, you're six months, 12 months due, overdue on your GST. No record of you getting in touch. Uh, you've got X amount of days to clear that yeah. or put a plan in place. Otherwise, we're going to put you into liquidation. And what that means is that you, your business is gone. We're going to... Shut down operations. Yeah. You will not be able to trade anymore. We will put you into liquidation. And that's effectively the same as going out, getting a bigger credit card, maxing that out, maxing out your afterpay, not paying the penalty, you know, like doing all of these little debt things and then like, shit, it's taking up my whole paycheck to pay rent and the bill on the credit card. Yeah. And, and then you're like, you're stuck and you can't get off it. Mm. And that's what causes like your personal life contraction. Yeah. So you want to be probably a bit like Ryman and figure out how to raise the money or whatever to get out of that before it comes knocking at your door because once you're under that rock, it's a fucking hard one to lift off you. And for me personally, this is something that I've been thinking about for 12 months now where I got myself overweight in, sh- in the stock market because I, by the time I add my Aussie, my Aussie shares that I brought through Craig's, oh, my KiwiSaver is all in the stock market, uh, my Shearsies account, oh, my Hatch account, and then I'm like, oh, there's not actually much cash sitting there, is there? <laughs> so, and I know that when the market starts tanking, which it has in 2022, and I expect it to continue to probably in 2023... I'm like, oh, I don't want to sell those things. I was buying them for the long term anyway, but I'm getting that psychological, oh, shit, man, I feel like my wealth effect is decreasing. Yeah, because you didn't leave enough cash on the side. Yeah, so then I've gone into a, a rush or like a, okay, my strategy is stop contributing to your sharesies and whatnot and just build up the cash mm-hmm. and build the build the emergency fund to a, a higher level than you used to think and, and then just have some extra cash. And now I'm into a, cool, there's too much cash here for me. This is too boring. So I'm going to slowly be buying pie and term deposits that are just rolling off yep. at the end. So I'll build them for six months and then each month I'll go and buy another one that rolls off in that six months time. So then for the next six months, I'll then buy a term deposit and then know that all that cash is tied up for six months. But then every month, one of them will become yep. available. So that if I want that cash to do something, I know that I can do it and I know okay, I've only got one more month to wait. So that basically, I'm not just going, right, I'm just going to lump it all into one term deposit and then I've got to sit back and wait six months till I finally get it back. I'm like, I'll just layer in. Yeah, and build. That provides a bit of flexibility too. Yeah. You can make decisions when one rolls off. But yeah, I think uh, a lot of people, well, obviously a lot of people, even giant corporations, yeah. made the mistake of uh, over-leveraging their balance sheets and now end up in a position where they're, if not yet, Steering down the barrel of negative equity, you know, and um, man, it's a, it's not a nice feeling. And the problem with it is, it's really slow to get out from under. Yeah, you know, like if you, I, I keep using a house as an example because I think that's the easiest one for people to understand. But you know, if you if you had a two hundred grand deposit, eight hundred grand mortgage, bought a million dollar house, um, and now it's worth eight hundred, you know, it's your mortgage is the same size as the value of the property. And if anything happens from there on in and you have to get rid of that, you know, because you lose a job or anything like that, any of these little things that can trigger 
like the next stages of what would create a grunty recession, um, that's effectively your life savings gone. Mm. You know, up until this point, let's say you're 30 years old or, you know, 35 and you've saved up 200 grand to go and do this. And you're like, shit, I did that. I started saving for that for 10 years. Gone. Or whatever it is. And poof. Yeah, you've just got your memories. You better go through your fucking phone uh, photos and enjoy the last 10 years of what you did do because that's yeah. what you've got to show for it. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. the Fuck market. Your grunty, <laughs> the reels and shit you're dropping, it's just savage at the moment. <laughs> Sorry, I'm trying to wake people up, man. Yeah. See some action out there. Um, but yeah, that's it's hard to build that, rebuild that up again. And, you know, the other option is just to stay where you are if it is a house like that. Um, but just prepared to be stuck if you're in that scenario and not move for a while or you know, force downsize effectively mm. if you did want to. Um, but yeah, that's happening to everyone and it's that's why the feeling and the sentiment, like, I don't know, you're, we're, we're both in sort of situations where we get to talk to a lot of people, right? Yeah. On a day-to-day basis. Um, and I think probably like three weeks ago we were texting each other and I was like, I can feel it now, eh? Yeah, and I said to feel. like, boom, it, like, it was yeah. like a light switch went off like once everyone sort of end of January or whatever. Or, yeah. You know. I said to Phil, I messaged him one Friday night and I said, mate, I feel like I'm fucking working in a <laughs> slow motion train wreck. And yeah. I'm like, it's just derailing slowly. And Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll give you another example that will really help people understand this. And this is something that I've been going through with quite a few clients where their balance sheet is quite strong. So they've got a bit of cash and stuff to help themselves get through. But they've also got a lot of stock and that freaks people out because they, they go, I've got all my cash tied up in stock. I, I need to sell this shit, man, and turn it into cash. And I say, cool, let's look around. Let's look around your industry and see what's happening. And they do that and they go, yeah, everyone's, everyone's running a sale. Everyone's mm. just doing a sale. And I say, yep. And guess what? Anyone can run a sale. That ain't, mm. that ain't good business. That, that, you're not learning anything through that. That's a tactic. Yeah, discounts are a race to zero, eh? Exactly. And so I say, well... What's different to a sale? And most business owners are then stuck because they're like, well, fuck, I don't know. But if that's what everyone's doing, and I'm like, when people are zigging, we want to be zagging. Mm. So we want to find other ways to sell. So really, all people are trying to achieve is the same thing. They're trying to turn stock into cash. And because they can't at the price point it's at, they decide, well, I'll decrease the price and people flood to the market and they'll it's buy. An easy choice, yeah. Yeah. So I say, well, what are you doing to sell your stock? And I say, well, we're doing this. And I say, well, can we increase the activity 10x? Can we go from a monthly email out to a, a weekly, for instance? And so this even applies to the services sector where I said to... I'm doing it. Yeah. I, I went from like 10,000 to 100,000 marketing budget knowing that this year was going to be a fucking hard year. And you're probably going to blitz through that cash and not feel like you're getting an instant return and go, oh, is this a good idea? But nah, you're going to build brand. Yeah. yeah. And I'll get to that because I'll get to the services piece second, actually, because otherwise I'll derail. But... I said, we need to increase the amount of times we're trying to sell. So we need to increase our volume of going to the market saying, would you like to buy, would you like to buy, would you like to buy? And if we can do that, then we're going to avoid having a sale. And I said, remember that as we do these things, so it could be partnerships, for instance, is one tactic. Let's go to 10 different people who have audiences in our niche and say, would you like to help me promote my product and I'll pay you X, Y, Z. And they do that. So now we're back into marketing rather than discounting our stock. And so they're like, cool. We know 10 of those people will go away and have a crack. Two of them might say yes, but they're increasing the frequency or their their activity. Now, I've said to them, you need to remember that if people are running a sale, there's a high chance their balance sheet's already fucked. The Mm. fact that you haven't 
run a sale yet because you're like, oh, I don't know if we need to. You're not, your back's not against the wall where you think, okay, we've got to do this. So I'm like, we're still in a good position. And I said, if we can go wider and go through partners and actually increase our activity, two things. One, we learn more. And secondly, we actually have a bit more time to breathe than some of these people. So we're holding our breath a bit longer and it feels scarier. But when we pop up for air, mm. you look around, shit. Everyone's gone. Exactly. <laughs> That's when you see the people slowly sink yeah. into the bottom. Yeah. And the next piece is a services business. So they say to me, I say, Luke, are they, uh, I said to them, sorry, how is your January? What are you seeing? Because they're in a very specific sort of area where they're doing stuff in people's houses, let's say. And they say, oh, mate, it's, it's really dropped off, eh? We've noticed. I said, that's what we're seeing across all of our clients, December and January. Sales dropped off and they're going, oh, but we thought January would be slow. And what I always do is I go check their zero. And I say, what do you reckon your sales were in January 2022? Yeah. And I compare ago. it and they're like, oh, are you serious? Is it that? Oh, because January is always quite slow. And I'm like, is it always this slow? <laughs> I'm like, because uh, you weren't complaining, you know, you weren't mentioning that. But anyway, I said, look, Remember all that money you spent over the last three years in marketing that we spoke about and that you said, I don't know if I really need to do this, but you have and you've grown your business. And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, what did you get else? What else did you get out of that apart from sales? They're like, uh, I don't know. I'm like, what's your, what's happened to your email list? Oh, yes, yeah, way bigger now. Yeah, our customer base is way bigger. Oh, we've got a bigger Facebook account, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, sweet. And they said, oh, actually, one of the things that got us through January is we, we offered a special, not a sale, a special where we went to all of our customers that were built up through spending money on advertising and building up a brand and building up a customer base and said, would you also like us to do this month? And this month, here's our special that we're doing. They said, they ended up netting us quite a bit of coin and that helped me get through January and we didn't have to let go some of the people that at halfway through, I was thinking, fuck, we're going to have to let some people go here and I hate letting people go, that really hurts me. Mm. And I said, good, you know what we're going to do? We're going to do a special every single month. Oh, no, we can't do that because people are going to be like, well... You're just banging us an email every month trying to sell us something. And I said, okay, well, what would you rather do? Would you rather email your customers that love you, that give you the keys to their house to go inside it, that clearly trust you, or would you rather let some of your staff go? I'd probably send the emails. I said, right option. <laughs> so I said, now we need to come up with what 12 specials are for the rest of the year, but we're already through January, so we need 11 more. The beauty about this client is they're an activator too. Yeah. So And I'm on their mailing list because I'm keeping an eye on what they're doing. Bang, straight <laughs> yeah. out. So I get this email and it's like, February special, we're yeah. doing this. <laughs> awesome. So I reply, I'm like, this is so cool, awesome to see. Can you please let me know how you go with this? 15 minutes later, they email me, sure can, Luke. Um, just an insight, we've already had two inquiries we think will close, it'll be $700. That's for a part-time person that they employ. For I'm like, an there's, email. Yeah, there's, and that's the first 15 minutes. Yeah. Like, there's their wages for a week. Yeah. For a part-timer for them, done. It's a lot, eh? And I'm like, are we going to keep running those specials? Yeah. yeah, we'll keep doing the specials. <laughs> but that's a good example of building a balance sheet through a good time, then leveraging off of it in a, a rougher time. Mm. And it, and sometimes the assets that we have around us don't look like assets because they don't sit on a balance sheet in terms of, oh, okay, that's money in the bank or my sharesies account or whatnot. But actually, yeah, you realize, well, during the recession, I actually got really good at uh, rugby. Yeah. So then you go, does anyone want me to coach their kids at rugby? Or actually, I learned I'm really, really good at math. Would anyone like any math tutoring? That is part of what your balance sheet is that you can lean on as well. And it could be, we've actually got three um, rooms in this house, but we live in one of them. But we wanted a three-bedroom house because everyone says, get a three-bedroom house because they hold the most value. So that's why we did it. 
well, that's your balance sheet. You go and leverage off of that. You say, would you, you know, would you like to come and live here? You have a, a tenant, a flatmate, a boarder, and you can bring in some extra income. Yeah, you just have to look around because we get so set in our ways, eh, and, and forget that, like, I've, I feel like a couple of weeks ago I was talking to someone and they asked me about my email list. And I was like, oh, yeah, it's at 5,000 now. Wow. Yeah, and, like, that's a fucking giant asset, eh? Mate, and I, I get like a 50% open rate or something. Oh, like, that's real good, mate. Yeah. You're going to have fucking marketers having an <laughs> orgasm listening to this, mate. <laughs> they, well, the, the average in the Alice Bank is 21% liking, <laughs> so you're doing something right. Yeah, but um, like that doesn't go on my balance sheet and I don't really use it, but I tell you what, if it gets hard, I fucking will. Yeah. And I will definitely lean on it because I've got it in my back pocket because I've put a lot of effort and time into providing value to make sure people do open it and read it and enjoy it. And I'll be able to ask. Every now and then, mate, I have this uh, this little shiny object off to the side. Mm. And I'm like, fuck, I want to go grab that. And what it is, is it's the Keep the Change KiwiSaver Fund. <laughs> and I think, man, imagine if Keep the Change... And I, I don't know if your uh, <laughs> performance history will... <laughs> guys, guys, I can assure you, oh, I will not be picking the stocks. <laughs> hey, but it's a long game, eh? You yeah. know, so even if I do... <laughs> I might buy Ryman at the top, but, you know, uh, we'll, we'll be holding those for 30 years. <laughs> and I think, I wonder if I could build a KiwiSaver fund. And that was what Keep the Change became, where individually I said, look, please join the Kiwis, the Keep the Change KiwiSaver fund. And then together, and then what we do is we use the fees to put it back into building up financial literacy in this country. And it's kind of like what Simplicity have done a little bit, right? Mm. And... I think, man, that's that's real simple. And then I think, oh yeah, but literally three percent of people would probably do it. Uh, you go one percent of have the management fees and stuff work. I could probably model out what the revenue would be, yeah. and I know that that would take ages to build. But then I think, yeah, but also I could hire someone to call every single person on their email list. Then I'm like, no, nah, hang on, I don't actually have their phone number. So then I'd have to try and get their phone number. But mm. my brain's already knows that that it is an asset yeah. should I want it to be. Much like what you were just saying there. Like yeah. You're like, if I need to use this, well, I will. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think um, also when we go into like harder times and stuff, for some reason we're blinded and we forget that those things are there. And we don't, you know, when you're under when you're under heaps of pressure, you'll find it because mm. <laughs> you're forced to. Um, but yeah, don't forget that you've got those types of things eh, to rebuild. You know, they're not, technically on your balance sheet in terms of a dollar value. Yeah. Um, but they can help stack some cash if you use them correctly. I had a conversation with an accounting firm this week. We went for lunch and we were just shooting the shit. And obviously we're a lot smaller. Um, you know, we run a pretty lean model and it's just we've just built a business that we want. The business they want, they got twenty two staff and they got Jesus. thousands of clients and they're doing all sorts of different shit. And uh, telling me how they've got a full-time marketing manager coming on board. And so I'm saying, are you guys foot to the floor with, you know, pedal on the gas, hiring it? Oh, sorry, I'm um, growing. They're like, well, we wouldn't be hiring a full-time marketer if we weren't. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, and there was all these different ideas. And I said, let's just one question. Like, you've got a massive database of people and clients who pay you every month and who trust you. Because I'm, I'm doing the math in my head, right? I'm thinking 22 people in a county firm, average of 100K, there's 2.2 million Shit bucks of wages, me. and I'm thinking, fuck, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, that is, that's that's just time. wages alone. <laughs> then I'm looking at offices, and I'm like, oh, shit, man, they're running a pretty good setup around here. And I'm thinking, <laughs> man, this must be turning over a lot. And I'm thinking, well, then divide that by this number. They must have rough this client. So you know, I'm doing all this in my head, yeah. and I'm thinking, they got a, the answer is they got a shit ton of clients. Yeah. And so I'm thinking, oh, the, all these ideas and stuff you're talking about are cool. I'm like, 
why don't you just run a retreat for your clients? Because you've got thousands of them. So even if you got like 20 of them and charged them 10 grand, you'd have 200K there of new revenue. Or even if you did 10 at 20 grand or whatever, and we cut some yeah. numbers different ways. And I said, that 20 as a percentage of your client base can't be that much and just did it over a couple of days. I'm like, there's 200 grand of new to firm revenue without all this other crazy shit that you're talking about. And I'm like, you've got a marketing team and an events team. You could get them to organize it. You guys just have to present the content. And they were like, oh, yeah, fuck, okay. Uh, but again, like you say, we overlook all of these things, that these assets that we've actually we've got actually close to us. We've actually already got, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we don't use them, eh? What a part of it is, mate, is that, because I see this with business owners where I'm like, you just need to do more. You just need to go out and do more. Mm. But they need to break through a ceiling. And often the ceiling is actually the f- ceiling of rejection. And then mm. you get enough rejection or you get good enough and you realize you don't care about rejection anymore. So I will play you something as a good example from uh, Next Advisory that we received this week. So this is someone. You can help. You can help me by not fucking spamming me with emails, you cunts. <laughs> you know? So Luke doesn't go, my God, you hear that, Phil? We've got to turn off Facebook. There was a Facebook message that he sent that through, yeah. then blocked us. Oh, we better stop emailing everyone. Yeah. Like, just Let's just shut everything down, man. I'm like, Phil's like, fuck yeah, we're doing something right yeah. here, you know? But we've, so good. we've broken the ceiling of rejection. So, you know, we don't obviously want to be going out there pissing people off, but you, you understand it's at some stage nah, of your journey. No, reason, but yeah. yeah. Like people aren't going to want your shit. They're not going to want to hear from you. And you just get comfortable with understanding that it is what it is. But yeah. when you're smaller and you're getting no's, you're like, oh, everyone hurts so more. Mm. You start getting bigger, you start doing well, and people start sending you this shit, and you're yeah. laughing about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if that was week one of Next Advisory, I'd be like, oh, my God, I don't know if I want to send out another email so after that. So true, man, yeah. So, you know, that's the same for a lot of us individually where we will go, but what if no one replies to me? What if my friends laugh at me? What if I don't get that side hustle? You know, what if I can't sell the lemons out the front of the house? Whatever, we'll look for naturally the thing that will stop us because we're so scared of being rejected. Mm. But when your back is against the wall and you really need that hundred bucks, you will sit out the front until those lemons are fucking sold. Yeah. Trust me on <laughs> yeah. that one. Or you'll be getting your kids out there doing yeah. it for you and saying, did you sell them all? Well, yeah. you better go next door to Nancy and see if she wants the rest of them for 20 bucks. Yeah, oh, I 100% agree. I was just thinking about my first loan that I ever did. And yeah, I remember being so scared of, of the whole thing falling over. Mm. You know, like even after I'd got the approval and they'd signed a contract, I was like, fuck, hope this goes through, <laughs> you yeah. know? And it's a whole lot of fear for nothing because, you know, another one rolls in, another one rolls in. And um, out of my hundred or whatever Google reviews I've had one bad one I just don't care you know yeah nice but like if that was the first one, of, one I got yeah. completely different story and if it was one out of ten it's ten percent of yeah, your reviews exactly. rather than one percent right yeah. and yeah. that's where sometimes volume for us is just you know message ten mates asking do they need a hand in their business this weekend and can you pay me 200 bucks to do it yeah you know but you get one out of uh, ten and you're great like that's ten percent but it doesn't matter about the nine that say no yeah, 100%, man. Like, yeah. it's, a, it's a funny one, eh, how that affects us psychologically. <laughs> yeah. Well, naturally, we all don't like it, right? And it's, no. you know, it makes sense. So, but yeah, there's going to be people that are going to get rejected through a recession, and you probably become more comfortable with it because 
it is what it is. You've you've you'll try and fight hard to keep the things that you've got because you don't want to let go of them. Yeah, I think everyone should have a look at what what their personal balance sheets and like I mean technically we've been on about this for like twelve oh, months. Yeah. Um, but if like imagine out the scenario of the next twelve months if it changes for the worse and we hope it doesn't, but just hypothetically look at it and make some calls and decisions about if you want to make any changes or if you're all good, you're all good. Yeah. But I think, uh, like, take it seriously. Like, like Ryman Healthcare, put the front foot out and just, you know, take some action and, and make sure that you protect yourself because you don't want to lose all your shit, you know? Wear some protection, guys, because you don't want to lose all your shit, okay? Let's, let's keep an eye on Ryman and let's see if they can raise that billy. My, my gut tells me they can't. Really? Yeah. The uh, the only reason I initially straight away I thought the same is because if I had a billion dollars, I would probably find something better than a falling share price to put it in, mm. like a stock standard government bond at the moment. You know, this is where I underestimate the big boys because what happens every time yeah. is I get an email. I've already I've had an email from Sharesies from Direct Broking. There'll yeah. be one from Craig's coming saying Ryman Health are doing this. Do you 100%. want to deploy some capital? And they'll have a suggestion of like whether they think it's a good idea or not. And yeah. people will go, Oh yeah, well let's kick a hundred k into that. And yeah. you start multiplying that shit out by some of the boomers and the people that have got the coin. Yeah. But in the meantime, a lot of money's moved to term deposits as well. So people go, Oh, I would like to go. Mm. But like, say you really liked, and this is a good reason to keep cash on the sidelines too, where you don't want to always be fully tied up. Because, say you're a cashed up boomer, and a month ago, and you're like Ryman's biggest fan, and you think, yeah, I'm going to own those, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to keep buying those, and I'm going to pass them down to my future generations, and surely they'll become more uh, valuable. You tie up all your cash in a turn deposit because you're thinking, well, that's that seems to be the thing to do now. You didn't know that Ryman were going to try and raise this billy. Mm. All of a sudden, you're like, oh fuck, I'm three months deep into a six-month turn deposit. I don't really want to break this thing. I'm going to have to watch this opportunity go. You become like Luke that's like, oh, I could have brought zero shares at 60 cents because I was an accountant and I knew that'd be good. But I couldn't because my cash was all tied up paying back debt. So it's the same sort of thing, right? And that's where you you won't know the opportunity that's going to pop up until it comes into your inbox and you yeah. go, ah, oh, here it is. Here's the opportunity. Yeah, man. Like Once I learned about the difference between liquid and non-liquid, Changed my life. Yeah. Yeah. Learned that the hard way though, right? So li- liquid, something that you can sell quickly or move around. Illiquid, oh, I've got to sell this. House. Car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, I mean, how many times do you hear people say that they're asset rich and cash poor, you know? Mm. Like even a lot of the baby boomer generation is in that scenario. Yeah. Um, and that is on paper, you might have $10 million in bloody buildings or rentals or whatever. Um, but you can't. You don't have access to that. No, you can't go and buy ten million dollars worth of shit. And if you wanted to do it quickly, because because it's not liquid, if you had to list it and you and sell it all in the current market, if you had ten million dollars worth of rentals, it might take six months, and you might end up with seven point five. Yeah, you know that's that's the effect of liquidity, um, which is. No, I mean, that's a whole other fucking chat. Yeah. But yeah, liquidity is important at certain times. What I do like about businesses on the stock market, it must be a cool feeling as a Ryman to sit around and know your position and know where you're headed and go, guys, we need to pull the trigger on raising some equity here. And you can go and do that. That's so hard for a small business. I've had clients this week that are like, 
I can't get bank funding. Mm. I've got they've got a good solid business. They just need time to to sell and to just to get through their processes and get through their gears. And I'm like, what about some external capital? Like, well, like no, then we're going to lose power because we're going to lose thirty percent of our business, for mm. instance. And yeah, it's the a business on the NZX has a number of I can see why businesses want to get listed not yeah. just to try and blow up their share price you look at my food bag I think it was that listed if you look at that graph holy shit man if you want to see a linear graph going the wrong way oh really uh, search that thing up oh wow yeah I think it might have decreased in value by 60% or something oh shit but you would think like as a person you would think my food bag that's epic that will yeah that'll clean up that'll go mean mm. but that's where you have to be really careful because what can appear an amazing product may not that may not be what the market decides of it in terms mm. of what it's willing to actually value it at. It is, yeah. I mean, that, like that, the <laughs> the Ryman example where they can go to the market and raise funds and stuff like that's basically a form of liquidity that they have, yeah, purely based on their perceived value of their company brand. And if they couldn't, they would have to be writing to shareholders saying, hey, our forecasted profit has dropped massively. Yeah. Why? Oh, because have you seen interest rates? Because yeah. this is the debt we have <laughs> and this is what we're going to be paying out. So instead of paying to you as shareholder dividends, mm. this profit, we're going to be paying it to the banks. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck. Whole another world, man. Mm. But yeah, very cool. Before I forget, and completely unrelated to this pod, but did you know that <laughs> <laughs> ANZ is the biggest corporate payer of tax in New Zealand? Really? Yeah. It doesn't surprise me, man. They're fucking big. Yeah. Like when I was over in Singapore, one of the biggest buildings there, big ANZ sign on the top. Really? Yeah. I always I look don't at even the know big what buildings doing there, but I even like I look out this window and I can see MIC Assurance Co. and I, MLC, and I always think every time I'm like, who the fuck is MLC and what is that like that person up on that? <laughs> yeah. You know, and there's a flagpole. Why don't they put a flag on that? Use it for a fuck's sake. But anyway, <laughs> you know, it's, yeah, buildings well, fascinate I me. I always look at that stuff. Yeah, we're probably a little bit sick for it. Anyway, let's get out of here, Rihanna. Thank you, and thank you for tuning in. Hopefully you've learned about what a balance sheet is, what the balance sheet recession means, what you could potentially do in your personal life to leverage in, well, no, hopefully not over-leverage yeah. your, your balance sheet, but, but lean on your balance sheet and why having a strong one can be so important because you can hold your breath a little bit longer. Often I talk to clients about a balance sheet. I say, look at this as your scuba tank and you're going underwater. Mm. And think about what you've got in there. You've got to monitor how much oxygen you've got and how far down you've gone. Sound like a big fucking diver over here. I've never dived once in my life. I'd be too scared. I've got asthma, little bitch lungs anyway. So, you know, you like how far have you gone down? Should you be going that deep down there? You know, do you have the oxygen too? Can you, what, what else can you do? Can we get you up fast enough? Mm. And they, then they start to kind of get in. They're like, oh, okay, cool. This balance sheet or statement of financial position doesn't sound so boring anymore. And what also isn't boring is you giving this a five-star review, please. So please, <laughs> chuck the old five-star for us. We want to try and get past 800 reviews and then closer to 1,000. That will be the 2023 goal. And we can't do it without you guys. So we don't often ask for your help, but we do need your help. So please do that. Also, if you are listening to this on Spotify, you can share this directly by clicking on the podcast and you'll see the little up arrow coming out of a box towards the bottom of the podcast. If you press on that, it will suggest where you can send it to. You can put it onto your story and then that will go onto your story and people will realize that you're listening to this and you just don't know. You might give it to John, who gives it to Sally, who gives it to Bob and they all start listening to the podcast. They build up their balance sheet and in 12 months time they thank you and then in return, we thank you too. I didn't even know what to say. That was so flawless. <laughs>